So the exploration today is going to be on this theme of a cool head and a warm heart, um, the art and balance of equanimity. And I'd like to um, start with um, an anecdote um, from the place where I raised my family, which was at the mouth of the River X in the southwest of England, a beautiful part of the country, very lucky to raise my family there. And I was um, a keen sailor. And one of the delights we had as a family was um, to read the tide tables and to sail out to the sandbanks just off the coast that would get um, exposed at low water. And we would um, take the boat and just um, run it up on the beach and um, play football and have a barbecue in the summer and actually sometimes even in the winter. And it was very interesting, of course, because that sandbank was really only exposed for quite a short period of time. Um, at neap tides for literally a couple of hours and at spring tides for a little bit longer. So as you got on that sandbank, it was an absolute delight to play a game of football, to light up a barbecue, to eat. But you knew, you knew always that somehow your time was limited and at some point you'd have to pack your stuff up probably quite quickly, get back in the boat and watch the sandbank being reclaimed by the sea. And it was interesting because I never had a sense of that impending loss. I was always somehow able just to enjoy that moment of the sandbank being exposed, that moment of a beach that was only ever temporary, the building of a sandcastle on that beach that was gonna be washed away even as we pulled away from that beach. Yet it's so easy, isn't it? for us to be rocked by a sense of loss, a sense of scarcity. Think back to the early days where people were locked down in the midst of this pandemic and people had a real sense of scarcity. Oh no, dried foods, toilet rolls, all these sorts of things. The mind very quickly went to this impending sense of scarcity and we get this all the time. We have a sense of we're going to lose perhaps our kids when they grow up or our youth or um, maybe lose our phone or any other range of things that the mind can think that it's going to lose. And in reverse, there is this sense of wanting what we don't have, right? The drivers for having things in our life that we don't currently have, whether that is, and I'm thinking about um, young people, a sense of fame, a sense of praise, a sense of material wealth, a sense of success at school and at work. And I'm not making any intrinsic judgment about these things. What I'm simply pointing to is the mind's ability, the psychological um, engine that is always running, monitoring where we are, and where we think we ought to be. And the three red flags, if you like, if you want to have a sort of idea of a red flag, are words like ought, should, not enough. And what these words, what this 
discrepancy monitor does is it knocks us off balance. It takes us from a place of just enjoying that sandbank for the moments that it's available to us to a place of, I don't have what I need. I'm not as I should be. I'm not as I ought to be. And these are the threats to our ease of mind, our peace of mind, if you like. So what we've done so far is put in place a whole set of building blocks in any given moment to anchor, stabilize and steady ourselves. To be able to stand back, take a fresh perspective and learn with that stability and space that we've created that we can respond and not react. And that's at the very small levels at the moment um, the, a, a thought or a feeling comes in to the larger issues that we might be facing. And what this does over time is it can build a sense of balance, a sense of equanimity. And that, if you just stop and think about that for a moment, that is an extraordinary I don't know what the, quite, the right word is. I'm gonna say a virtuous circle. But if we have a sense of being able to respond, that gives us a sense of balance. If we have a sense of balance, that gives us a sense of being able to respond. I was just talking to some friends earlier about those toys, I think they were called weebles, but it doesn't matter what they were called. They were basically, um, um, wooden wooden little figures with a very, very um, heavy base. And then the body was above the base and you could knock these weebles to one side, but you could never knock them over because the way it was weighted was they would come back to center. And that's really what equanimity is about. Some people worry about equanimity because they worry that it um, perhaps takes the richness out of life. It takes the, the passion out of life, if you like. And I think that's a really major misunderstanding because I think real equanimity is where we can stand close to and be really present to the lovely things in our life and have a choice, not necessarily do, but have a choice to be able to stand close to and be present to the more difficult things in our life. But with that sense of a weeble, that we are not going to be knocked over by this, that we can actually stay present with these things rather than be in a place of ought, should, and not enough, or a place of reactivity. This is perhaps not, an example that is is quite sort of metaphorical if you like but it, it's very alive to me through the pandemic here in oxford i managed to stay as you can see there's a nautical theme on the water through the winter and so i would um, go out on my kayak even if it was freezing and occasionally there was even ice on the on the, on the canal because i love the sense of just getting out in nature and i think there's something about nature which i'll come to on to in a minute that really supports this sense of equanimity. And during the worst of the floods, the river was flowing so fast, 
it was quite impossible to um, kayak into the river. You could only kayak with the river. So I would go up the canal to beyond North Oxford and then come across on a cut and then come down the Thames. And there was this one place, <laughs> I think I did this quite a few times through the winter, this one place, the first time, it was terrifying, absolutely terrifying because the river was running like crazy. And there's a place just before the Trout Pub in North Oxford where there was a weir on the left. And this weir is designed to rush all the water away from the river. So the water is cascading over this weir at great strength. There's a big thing above it says, danger, do not go here, right? So this is in our life too. Sometimes there can be a real pull towards something that has a sense of danger. And the other choice, is the bridge that connects uh, Whiteham to Oxford uh, and Wolvercote. And this bridge has got two little arches through which the water was rushing like mad. <laughs> and I looked at my choices and I didn't like what I saw. And I didn't actually have any choices. There's no way I could turn around and get back. There was no way I could get to the bank. And I just had in my voice, in my head, and this is what I meant by faith. And this comes, of course, from, you know, I, I, I wouldn't have done this if I didn't have a sense of confidence. But I had a voice in my head which said, trust the river. Because I could see all the water was being safely moved downriver. Trust the river. And the minute I did that, the weeble settled. And I knew that all I needed to do was just to to take the kayak and just slightly move it. So I went for the center of one of the arches in the bridge. And the minute I made that adjustment, that adjustment of, if you like, equanimity, the kayak did indeed quite happily just track the water and move through the arch and the bridge. And I make that point for um, two reasons. One is that equanimity is not about an absence of excitement, <laughs> an absence of being in the midst of the fullness of life. Because in that moment, I remember feeling a tremendous sense of both peace and excitement when I knew that I was gonna be all right and it was fun. And the second point is this idea that this sense of confidence and equanimity is something that can be developed as a skill, if you like, throughout life. So, just before we transition into doing some practice, equanimity, I think, is an interesting quality that is um, developed through all of the other building blocks that we put in place. The ability to anchor, the ability to shift perspective, the ability to come into our bodies, but also repeated practice, repeated practice with small moments, moments of pain in our body, moments of being unbalanced in a relationship or larger moments like potentially going over a weir on the River Thames in the freezing cold. So it's something that can be trained and it can, uh, sorry, it's something that can be cultivated through um, all the other building blocks of, um, of mindfulness practice, skills that we learn, but it can also be cultivated directly. So I want to lead us in the moment in a practice that is about the cultivation of equanimity. And it's called the tree practice. 
So let's transition into doing some practice. And this practice is quite similar to the practice that we did last week, um, the mountain practice. But it's a practice that is, um, it has been pointed out to me, many people prefer it to the mountain practice because the tree is something that is potentially um, responsive to what's happening in the world. Whereas a mountain has more of a, 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 an unchanging quality to it. So this is the tree mindfulness practice. And let's begin in the usual way by just checking in with our posture. And very deliberately, let the body, if you like, um, guide you here. So there's a sense of being rooted. Really having a sense of being rooted to the ground, to the chair, whatever object, surface, your body is resting on. And just have a sense now of the uplift of your body through the pelvis and the torso. The strength. the spine and the ribs, the pelvis. And the sense of the shoulders, if necessary, just making any adjustments to the body. And really only doing in this practice what you feel is appropriate, feels appropriate to where you're at just now. Sense of the shoulders hanging naturally and loosely away from the spine, from the head, supported on the top of the spine. It's a sense of balance, sense of poise, sense of strength and uplift from where we're rooted through the trunk of the body to the peak of the head. Whenever you're ready, just having a sense of the breath coming in to the body through the nostrils and the mouth. And the in-breath. and the breath moving out of the body again on the out breath. So just having a sense of this body sitting upright with poise, breathing.
gathering your awareness, gathering your attention into the body and the breath. And as you track each breath, the sense of steadying, the sense of stabilizing. Tracking the full duration of the in-breath from its beginning all the way through to the end of the in-breath. The turning point before the in-breath becomes the out-breath. Tracking the full duration of the out-breath. Nothing to change, nothing to fix, no particular kind of breath or experience you're looking to have. Just simply sensing the sensations in the body as the breath moves in and out of the body. Breathing in, sense of steadiness and stability. Breathing out with a sense of letting go, letting go of thinking, judging, planning, remembering. Simply sensing the breath, stabilizing and steadying. Each time the thinking mind comes in, just a sense of letting that go. Whenever you're ready, what I'd like to invite you to do, if it feels helpful to you, is bring to mind a tree, perhaps a tree that you know, or it can be an imaginary tree, that's fine. A tree to you that has a sense of being strong, enduring, rooted, able to weather the different weather patterns, different seasons. Once you've selected a tree, just bringing that tree to mind, imagining that tree, if you like, its trunk, its branches, its foliage. Once you've got a sharp image of that tree, 
See if you can develop a sense of yourself as that tree. So the trunk of the tree is like your pelvis and your torso. Branches like your arms, your neck, your head. And the place where you're in contact with the ground, having this in sensing, this imagined sense of rootedness. Trees roots, rooting you in the ground. And see if you can really feel into this sense of rootedness, this sense of strength. Sitting here or lying here, breathing, rooted, strong, spreading out into the world like that tree. It may be that you can even sense into the sense of movement as the torso and the chest maybe move a little bit with the breath in the same way that a tree would move with the breeze maybe even move through the course of the day with the movement of the sun through the sky so the sense of being rooted strong upright but also a sense of movement. Really sensing that in the body. Being open to whatever's around in the body, the branches, the foliage, the sensations, whether they're pleasant or unpleasant. See if they can all be held. With this sense of rootedness. This sense of lift. This capacity to move with the weather and with the passage of each day.
really coming home to, inhabiting a sense of the body. But maybe using this kind of metaphor as, as of a tree to frame your experience, that whatever comes up for you in your body, whatever's happening in your body, there's this sense of rootedness, this sense of strength, poise, lift, and yes, dignity. And from this place of framing your experience through this lens, being like a tree, opening your awareness up now to whatever comes up, body sensations, sounds, thoughts and images. Moods and emotions. There might even be some more powerful little flurries, flurries of reactivity. And you'll know your own favorite little patterns of reactivity. And there are some common ones that many people have. Impatience, skepticism, judging mind, sleepiness. Just seeing if you can see those through the frame, through the lens, through the perceptual frame of this rooted, steady, Strong tree. It's able to weather. All the different things that might come and settle in its foliage from butterflies to birds to squirrels through to breezes. And maybe even to stronger weather systems too. Open to whatever comes up for you in the body and the mind. The tree is an anchor, is a frame through which to see each passing moment.
open to whatever arises. It might be a moment of peace or ease, sense of well-being. Or it might be a sense of sleepiness or impatience or irritability. In a sense, it doesn't really matter because in this moment, there's a sense of being rooted, stable, and open. And it may be that there's not much going on at all, and that's fine too. Just resting in the awareness. Body like a tree. Rooted, breathing, present. Just in the final minutes of this practice, I just want to introduce one final piece, which is this sense of, um, the word I, I like is discernment. I wish I could think of a better one. But this sense of being able to choose with some wisdom what a moment needs. So if something comes up for you, just having this sense of, is it okay just to rest in this moment? Or is there some wise choice that I could make here? To let a worry go, for example. To turn towards something that maybe needs a bit of attention. Just exercising this sense of discernment, moment by moment, what does this moment need? Rooted like a tree. Breathing steady, open to different sensations, thoughts, images that come. Occasionally, it just may be necessary to ask, what does this moment need? What feels like a skillful or a wise or a compassionate response? 
in this moment. And in this sense, balance, equanimity, it's not about passivity. Rather, it's a place from which you could potentially take no action, but also potentially take some action. But action that is responsive, discerning. a kayaker choosing her or his track through some turbulent water. Maybe just choosing to rest. In the moment exactly as it is. Just as we bring this practice to a close, just see if you can, in your mind's eye, form an intention to access this sense of being tree-like through the rest of your day, the rest of your week, meeting all the moments small and maybe larger as well with this sense of rootedness, balance, strength, and discernment. Thank you.